Welcome, this is Panorama. I'm Rachel Akolabi. Ladies and gentlemen, our topic today, what do we do about the sudden desire to revert ownership back to com- families and communities in Lagos? <clears throat> Pretty much dicey and interesting topic, you would agree. So ladies and gentlemen, if you study the news for a bit, you hear in certain communities in Lagos how some community leaders are saying to those who had bought property from them years and years ago that they wanted their property back and they want their land back. Some people would say, oh, how does this sound? Oh, you've already sold your property. You see, it's, it's, I mean, it doesn't belong to you anymore. But you see, um, it's beginning to look like that's even playing out around the world. I mean, if you did a study from all the countries in North America, Canada particularly, some originals of a certain city woke up and said that they wanted their property back as well. And it's beginning to look at that what happens when a city suddenly emerge and turn cosmopolitan and people believe that, oh, they don't have a history, they don't have a people, oh, their land belongs to absolutely nobody. Oh, I bought the land, I paid my money, and then it's all mine, I can do absolutely anything that I want. And then the city suddenly becomes so attractive. And then those who are originally from there, who believe they have no other place to call home, suddenly wake up to say, oh, we sold this property, now we want it back. And it's beginning to look like, with that statement of Lagos being no man's land, this is really going to play out in some very deep indigenous communities in Lagos. The Ibejuleki Axis particularly, which was once a densely, uh, a densely, thickly forested village that suddenly opened up and certain people sold it over. And some would always remind you that their family owned it, especially if you begin to still say it in their faces that their land doesn't, I mean, this entire city belongs to no one else. I mean, those, the Alakeson or Vakeson, for example, if you're, if you're familiar with the Ojoi area of Lagos, will remind you that some people, at some time in their lives, that region was a village and that they have their practices. Because you see, that statement of Lagos being no man's land, many don't know that it's a hard slap on the face of the average Yoruba man. In whatever region of the country he's from, even if he's from Milani or Fa. A Yoruba man has, I mean, one thing you don't do to Yoruba man is to tell him in his face that it's absolutely nothing. Oh, or you say it either stylishly, codedly, or you say it with your act, you can read your mind. And then you tell him straight to his face that it doesn't belong to anyone. He would remind you that he gave you an opportunity. And that in the region of the country you're from, you can't, he can't even buy land. He can't even get a seal, three or three or four. If he gave you that opportunity, it's a privilege. And that's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, what the Yorubas have, the kinds of friendship they've extended to non-indigenous, okay, has not, rarely would you find that to be given back to them in other regions of the country. In fact, an elderly man was saying, a woman was saying to me, who, who's worked with the presidency, said to me that ordinary asaba there, if your name were Yoruba and you said to people that you wanted a CFO, they would tell you go back to your city Lagos. They won't even grant you a certificate of occupancy. But Lagos gives you that opportunity. And what did they get in return? That their land is no man's land. And this is a rhetoric that has gone on for many years. And that's how maybe the average Igbo man, who are the people who propagate this rhetoric particularly, say. And for as long as you say that, you, one is tempted to say that there will be many stories 
or many quests of communities wanting their property back. Now the question is, what do we do? Now before I draw this conversation to a close, one is tempted to say that we're going to have many more family property being thrown open for auction because families, will, I mean Lagosians, they will go abroad, they will relocate to other places and families will be divided. They don't want, they may just want to sell off their property. One is tempted to say that Lagos State Government should be the first buyer. Okay, be the first. I mean, when people dangle a lot of money before your face, you're tempted to just say it to absolutely anyone. Now, the guy develops a property, or he was once in some low, maybe just a bungalow, and then the guy builds like a 10 story, and you're wondering, hey, is this our land? And then that doesn't even fit the physical plan of the state, it becomes a problem. Okay, and then some people say they want it, but the guy tells you he has paid his money, even if he's not an indigenous, he's not a Yoruba man. So, one is tempted to say the greater solution to this is that Lagos State Government itself becomes the first buyer of every family property. Let the Lagos State Property Development Company begin to buy family property over, especially those that want to sell off. Sell it to the state and let the state buy. Let the state now develop it based on the plan and lease and sell it out to anyone. It therefore means that the land constantly resides within the state. And those who all know that they just own a portion of the land and when it's time to go back to their cities, they will go back and they won't tell you the land doesn't belong to anyone. You know for certain that it belongs to the state. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to discuss this again because physical planning in Lagos is becoming a major, major issue. Thank you very much for listening and we shall have to enjoy.